Hey everyone. So um, I'm going to talk about this journey into um, the forest of your subconscious or your shadow. And the journey in is, um, the journey is, is treacherous in many ways because there's so much if you've been, you know, deeply traumatized that you've refused. And it's literally like, I suppose it's like a, uh, one of those ghouly ghost houses, right? When you went to in the fair as, fairground as a kid where you'd go in and hands would come out and things would like just appear out of the dark. And it's a bit what it's like, actually, if you've really smothered it. It's, it really is like going into a haunted house, right? Which is actually, it's essentially all the things that you've refused to you know, to feel or to see or, or anything. One of the difficulties, I mean, there are many difficulties, and I don't mean difficulties in, as, in, as in, you know, open heart surgery, it's difficulty. I'm talking about just facing things, right? One of them is, so it, depending on what your trauma was, you know, and how much you kind of smothered or covered up or as I call kind of in-law triage stuck under the bed, um, the journey it depends again how much you smothered I smothered a whole swathe of continent it was literally I think from zero to ten or something I don't know and so a whole kind of underground landscape was built you know like you see those YouTube you know channels of the you know the, 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 the tunnel people and that's what it's like when you go in you're going to go into these places that you just you've built, that you, you actually lived, but you have had no access to. And it's, so here you are, you've, so in, it, I, I think of this great, uh, you know, I sound like the queen, but I actually was born in the projects. That's what it feels like to me. Like, I sound like, th and that's what this trauma is like, you know, on the surface, right? It's all, you know, cups of tea and lovely and what a beautiful day and everything's fine, jolly good, right? I, but, you know, deep down, I'm, you know, I've, my whole life has been about hell, you know, about terror and war zone and abuse and demons and just fear, right? And... When you go, you know, the stark contrast between the person you've built, the facade, the thing that, you know, agreed, legitimized the situation, the thing that, the, sort of the thin ice cap, which is very powerful, but thin, right? Impenetrable, but it's covering a whole continent of shit. When you are taken in to that, into those tunnels and into that darkness. It's uh, very challenging, you know, because, so in my instance, I refused my feelings. In other words, I just shut them all down. I just turned it off. I turned off all feelings so that I would survive. You know, if somebody, it's like somebody is inscribing all their evil on your surface right I felt nothing because and I was sexually abused so I felt nothing because I wasn't attached to it I just my soul just buggered off right now I'm in a tunnel and when I say a tunnel it's metaphorically right I'm in the dark I'm in that dark and um, I'm gonna have to see what actually happened and now, for the first time, I'm going to feel. And we all have different ways of accommodating this irreconcilable equation, right, of being horribly abused or smacked or whatever, and then trying to make a normal life. It's, you're always on the verge of chaos, on the verge of the cliff, right, because you're trying to stabilize the unstable. You're trying to hold back a whole dam that's always just, you know, almost at the surface kind of bulging out, right? So 
I secured this kind of layer very powerfully so that everything was always lovely and nice in cups of tea and they weren't really nasty and that person wasn't really an absolute bitch, you know, they're really nice people underneath it all, you know. Never, never allowing the darkness of someone else to... I mean, I always had an answer for it, which is spiritual bypassing, essentially. I mean, it's like, it's not a lovely day every day, right? You, we have to live in the chaotic nut job mess that we live in and be able to just be at the center of it. So my thing was, I, you know, you're not what I, you're, you're appearing to be. I'm going to smother you in my, you know, my, I'm going to have, I have a wand that kind of transforms you into something else. All the while, I'm being affected by someone else's horrific karma, right? So now I'm in front of the truth, and the rage is real, and the truth of the evil is the feelings of anger are beyond overwhelming, right? And something else that's overwhelming is the sadness, the sadness of the truth. Right. I've never felt sadness. It doesn't, it's not a, a feeling that comes easily. I can feel melancholy. I can feel uh, melancholy, yes, you know, nostalgic, yearning, but sadness in that deep kind of, I think the Russians have this version of just this, you know, really deep, welling, feeling of ache of sadness sadness for the truth of what my life really was once the anger I mean there's lots of anger but underneath the anger there was just continents of sadness you know just because it had been such a lie I had maintained this facade for so long I had let this piece of evil get away with it. I had, you know, been the disciple of, I had refused my life. I had protected this evil. And I had refused the truth. And it's a lesson, a lesson on many fronts. One is the power of fear, right? The lesson of not confronting the terror, right? And of, you know, time and life lost because it was just too unbelievably scary. And that we need to have courage. I think courage, you know, and it's, it's a cliche, but it's true. Courage doesn't mean you don't have fear. You have fear and you do it anyway. I never had that until recently. Right? You just have to be scared and do it. You just have to be scared and see it. That's been my lesson, you know. Scared all day, every day, just keep going in. So, I don't know how um, distinguishable, how solid your version of your life is, but if it was anything like mine, I would really solidified this whole version of the world and um, into this, you know, having a nice day situation. Like nothing, I mean, there's always stuff that's going on, but it's, I was always in this, oh, you know, we can fix this kind of situation, which, you know, which is a good thing to be. It's an optimistic place to be. I, I live in optimism. I don't live in the dark. And you need an optimistic point of view when you go in because, um, you know, what you're going to see, right? I think um, part of the let's get on with it was my mother who was just always covering up holes, you know. So there was never confronting. It was always like next, like, okay, let's just move on to the next situation. And... It may have worked to just survive, but another lesson learned is the, you know, the facing the situation, certainly for me. Now, I didn't know 
what to face because I didn't, I'd blanked it out, you know. And my, f my brother said great disdain for me because I never faced him, but then I didn't know why I didn't face him. And also they always said, Maria, you, you know, you, you seem like a weird person growing up. You're always scared. You're always like, I mean, I remember not wanting to go out with girlfriends when I was little because I thought I might die on them. So I didn't know why anything this was happening, right? So depending on how much you have steamrolled your shadow and refused the feelings, is the, the shock of seeing who what actually happened. Um, there are many feelings that come up when you go through this kind of, you know, the valley of tears, which is really the shadow, right? And after you've gone through the rage of seeing and the sadness of your child and feeling what she felt in that terror, which I'm sure there's more for me to see, I've no doubt, you know, there's more because this energy keeps coming up which means it needs still to be expelled, which means more needs to be revealed, um, is the sadness. And I, I had a conversation recently. And, and so there's another aspect of this which is important. I don't know if you're a, an only child or you have siblings, but this predator, um, if there's an abuser in your house, and I don't know, again, if everybody's aware of it or if they're not aware of it. But everybody in your family has responded differently to the predator. Everybody has a different response to the predator. Some become like the predator. I have somebody in my family that became like him. And, um, you know, so you may emulate the predator, you may hide from the predator, you know, there are all sorts of outcomes. It's not one, it's the universe. It's producing a zillion different outcomes to everything all day, every day. So, um, now, so, so once you, you know, you go into that tunnel, you know, kind of the underground tunnel of your subconscious or the shadow and, and you see the truth, um, and you feel the feelings. You can't go back and not unsee it. You've seen it. You know you've you're beginning to sort of roll back. You know, the the stone to the cave. You're you're releasing the shadow, the the dungeon keeper that kept it. You know, and also the replication of it in your system. You know, you're releasing all of it. It's, it's because you're, you know, if you've been really deeply traumatized and like I had to blank out, then it's, it's sitting inside your system. It's, 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 you know, you're just a host for it and a cover up for it. You're both the cover up and the host for whatever happened, the trauma. So it's almost like you're, there's, there's this shift whereby the person you built you know, now it has too much information. It's beginning to softly sink. You know, like it's soft. It's it's slowly disappearing, and the shadow is getting stronger and stronger. So, the more the shadow comes up, the more the person you built dissolves. It can't sustain itself. It was built to refuse the shadow, right? So now it has no job, it has no, it can't sustain itself because it's built specifically to hide the shadow. Once it's been penetrated, it, it, there are too many truths for it to actually live anymore. So it begins to dissolve and the shadow begins to be expelled and seen, right? And I suppose that's part of the integration. So you can no longer play the same role because your shadow is now being exposed, so therefore that whole identity has no purpose. It, it, the only purpose it had before was to refuse. I mean, I was simply 
a, 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 a mechanism that didn't want to see the horror, right? So now the horror is being revealed, the mechanism, you know, it, it doesn't have any role to play. The only role it had, it had was basically the lock to the truth, right? So, and suddenly as you see, so as that facade disappears, then and as your the truth of what happened and the horror and the you then your whole energy shifts in relationship to the siblings and into your to your family into everything and because in a way by me protecting the predator i protected everyone right he held that secret inside of me i was kind of the vault for his horror now that that vault has been opened and you know the bubbling cauldron has been seen of shit it's kind of spills over right and so all your relationships with everyone is going to change because you know you're not the same person you're not just a facade anymore you are actually now the poison is being kind of pulled out of you, so to speak. And there's a sense of, well, first of all, okay, so if, if you've been traumatized, there's a sense of being alone because it's just you and the predator. He owns you, right? Or she owns you, or whoever it is that you were traumatized by. They own you because it happened in childhood and twi in the twilight zone, you were powerless. And they made a contract with you. So you're already kind of inside the prison, their prison. And you're being held there by terror or fear. So even though you're a family, you're not really, right? You're protecting the predator. In my case, I was a bait for him to make money and for them to eat. So, you know, again, protection. And, you know, there was a disdain for me because I was getting, in inverted commas, the attention, but I was only getting the attention because I was the one that was being sent out to be abused and used and whatever. And he saw me as the vulnerable, you know, um, scapegoat, right? So there are all these misconceptions that are built, identities, confusion, misunderstandings and then we all take up on our position in that family right so you know once you see what happened yes you're removed so number, number one you're already on your own and lonely because you've been you know trapped by the predator so that's because the predator doesn't see you they use you so you're just a host there's no nurturing you and seeing you and allowing you to breathe and blossom and grow. You're not in some vast, you know, idyllic pastoral landscape where you, like a sheep, you can bleat and, you know, and jump around. No, 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 no. You're in, you know, their, you know, backyard on a leash. So you're already, you know, there's that great, um, Argentinian philosopher, which I can't remember his name, or psychiatrist. And I love that story with the, you know, the, there's an elephant who's tied to the, cha who's chained to the fence in a circus. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. And <clears throat> the child innocently asks the mother, you know, that elephant is much bigger than everybody and then it's that chain. I mean, it can easily just pu pull it off. Why doesn't it go, mum? And the mother says, well, it doesn't go because it was told very early on it couldn't leave and it believed it. And that's the same thing with trauma. You can leave. You just can't because you're being weighed down by the trauma. Um, it's an illusion, but it's a very powerful illusion if there's a six-foot guy and a three-foot little boy or little girl over it deciding its fate. And basically, you know, brainwashing it into believing it doesn't have any power. So... Although you think there's a connection with the predator, there's not. They don't see you, they're using you, it's very different. That you're a container or a host for their shit. So you've disappeared. So there's already that 
you're not really, you think you're connected. What's connected is, you know, their poison, right? So you're alone. You've disappeared. They don't want to see you. I certainly might just, I just bug it off, you know. So I, that was, there was an enormous loneliness. There was a falsehood of connection. In my brain, it, connect, it existed, but there was nothing. It was all, you know, shadowed and whatever. There was nothing. And then when you wake up and you, you're, you know, taken into this cavern, into this, into these uh, dark underground cells, you know, you realize there was never a connection with anyone, that you were always an orphan, right? And one of the, you know, the only ways that I could sort of have a family in inverted commas was if I agreed to everything. In other words, if I didn't rock the boat, if I didn't challenge, if I didn't have feelings. It had to be everything that they wanted or else there was, you know. That was the only way that it was stability, and I suppose that stability meant some sort of connection. So in silence and in coyness and in this kind of pretend, you know, everything's okay, you've got a family. If you dare voiced, you know, or challenge them, there was then suddenly no family. So it's the notion of like, you're either going to survive or die. But survival means absolute, complicit silence and agreement and authorization. And if there's, you know, a voice is raised, then you're out and you're dead. So to live on that razor-thin, you know, life or death, you know, family or no family is terrifying for a child. Again, I don't know what your strategy was for that survival, but in the whole story of it, if you're traumatized, no one's been there for you anyway. So you've, you've always been alone and you've always, and the only way that you connect to a family in inverted commas is if you agree to their horror, which means that you have to give up who you are, which means there's no really connection, there's no family, there's no one. And that only became very clear to me recently in a conversation um, with my mother and it was just like, no one's here. She doesn't want to know about what happened because it, it just, it's over, you know, she can't deal with it. She doesn't want to know, she doesn't, it, it ruins her narrative. And then everybody else is not interested because, you know, it doesn't fit their narrative and the power that they've, and their, the identity that they've built within the context of this. So there was really no one there. There was no family. But that's the falsehood of the child. It will build an illusory version of it. And the illusion is, I mean, if you're with a family or people that are caring, they accept you for who you are. You're able to express, you're able to feel. It's safe to feel whatever, to condemn. It doesn't matter, whatever, you know. Parents are parents, you know. Whatever you do, they're there for you no matter what. You're able to sort of, you know, build a self that's, you know, whatever it is. If, there's, if that's silenced and all they want, if there's just a dictatorship and a tyranny of threat, there's no family because there's no you there. There's no you being seen, being seen or loved or accepted or anything. I mean, one thing is, you know, disciplining a child or whatever or leading it or guiding it or whatever, but always seeing it, right? I see you, you know, and I, you know, I nurture and accept and you know, I have a child, you know, you love them at, all day, every day, and, you know, help guide them. That's it. That's all you need to do as a parent. You just nurture and love them and let them always know that there's, you know, someone present for them. Always, no matter what happens. Under all conditions. Right? But if you can only show up, you know, when it suits them and on their terms and only on their terms. And, you know, so where are you? No one's reflecting you. No one's, you know. So I suppose the point of this is that there are these bigger, very difficult awakenings. And one is there was no family. There was no one, right? There was just this predator on the landscape who silenced everybody. And then you built this identity whereby you only got attention or a family when you were authorizing and legitimizing their horror. There was, I mean, and I'm talking about my instance, I'm just a guinea pig, right? 
but in my, so, you know, there's an upheaval of everything that you've believed to be, right? If, if, and it's like you're always going back to the watering hole thinking there's going to be water. And when you see the truth of everything, it's a, a terrifying and, and sadden, saddening reminder, sad, that, a sad reminder that there was nothing other than the grip of this predator on this landscape, nothing. And everything but everything was sculpted in order to um, make him survive. We all agreed to live in the tyranny. And we all had, you know, modes of dealing with that. And some people in that family will take on the characteristics of the tyrant because that's you're basically, you know, emulating it. And some won't. And some will have, we'll all have different ways of dealing with it. So what I'm saying is that when you get into the shadow, it, it, it really is that the whole, your whole version of yourself is torn apart. And it kind of cracks, it kind of breaks apart. It's like a ship, it just breaks apart. It's almost like if you imagine this, one of these sort of fantastical, you know, fairy tales where, you know, the lock, you know, your little wooden ship is just broken apart in the storm and then in the storm this sort of Loch Ness monster sort of comes up out of the ocean. That's what it feels like to me, like this whole monstrosity that was hiding inside of me is emerging out of the depths of this dark ocean. And my little boat, which is the only thing I had to survive in this sort of catastrophic storm, has just been, you know, ripped apart. Everything, the energetic field has been so opened up that everything can be seen. This thing, it's almost like it, it laid curled inside my stomach, you know, it was just hidden inside my energetic field. And now all its energy and physicality is being kind of pushed out. It literally is like having an alien inside of you, you know. I finally turned around and saw it. Now. Um, what that is, I don't know. I mean, it's him. It's whatever the energy, or, you know, whatever that was. That 10 years of blanking out or whatever. That thing that kept me hostage. And it was a replication of that kind of evil or darkness inside of me. So the question then is, who are you, right? If, because I'm not that, right? And I'm not the facade. So I don't know, what are we? I have no idea. It was inside, it, it lies inside of me. I created the facade to, you know, get, you know, have some access to a family, have some access to some kind of normality. I don't know. I think these things are revealed little by little to all of us, right, in different ways. But one of the most difficult things for me was to because this was a very angry predator, it was very difficult for me to feel anger, right? It was very difficult for me to feel sadness. I didn't have those feelings. They were very wrong. You can't, ex you know, to express those feelings would mean that you would be, you know, basically interfering in the landscape and that could mean death, right? In other words, it could mean, you know, it's a nuisance to them. They, they only want, their version of you. That's how it works. You're either a container for their shit or you've got to look the way they want you to look or you have to be the person they want you to be. Outside of that, you don't exist. You don't, you don't, you know, feel their needs, right? You're not of any use to them. You're more of a nuisance. They've already got their issues. So do not bring me more issues because I can hardly, that's what they're basically saying. I can base, barely deal with myself and now so if you don't, you know, keep in line, then, you know, toe the line, then I'm going to do whatever, beat you up, refuse you, ignore you, whatever. And everyone's agreeing to one concept, right? 
all the children, everybody's, if there's a predator that's particularly dominant, everyone is like a magnet, is going to agree to the, you know, the threat of that one predator. Well, I didn't know that I was also carrying the weight of having been used by him, sexually abusive, you know, for him to, as bait, for him to make money and to become this kind of show-off or whatever he was, I don't know. So, as you wonder, and, and it was interesting because I was actually taken a few months ago, they were like, you know, in my ceremony here at home, a Shipibo literally took me by the hand and said, look, we're going to go into the corridors now, we're going to go into this darkness, kind of get ready, I'm here for you, we're going to see things that we don't want to see, but we're going to have to see them. So, if you've refused feelings, if you've refused truths, if you've, you know, hidden things in the shadow, um, it gets uncomfortable and it gets, as, as you're, if, you, if you're, you know, if this facade that you've built is solid, right, and mine was very solid, um, then as it cracks, all these, it's, it's built its version, I'm not going to feel this, I'm not going to feel that, that person's, you know, whatever. When you get pulled into the kind of the caverns of your soul or darkness, it's going to start cracking, the actual facade starts to crack because the truth of what's in there overwhelms the, um, you know, it kind of, it's like, it's like the, the sun and the phoenix, you know, too close to the sun, right? Begins to melt. You know, this evil begins to melt the facade. The truth of your subconscious begins to melt the facade of what you've built. It's, it's like very hot, it's like very hot heat. You know, you just begin to melt. And you get to see this kind of very powerful monstrosity in a way. It doesn't, it's like the Mokhlin's monster. It doesn't, it's roaring its head. I mean, I've seen it and it's come out through me. It's been sitting inside of me. I don't know how many centuries, how many lifetimes, I have no idea. But it took control through trauma, through terror, through arrival in the twilight zone. And it forces you to submit. I suppose my journey's been to face it, right? To face it, to not let it own me. Because the life force is bigger than that. And I don't know what happens afterwards, you know, this thing is constantly expelled. So I suppose at the end, well, the way this thing works is that you know, it captured you when you were young. You built a facade to refuse it because it was so terrifying. It then lives inside of you. You become the host for it, but you've got this facade that you can't see it, so it's protected from being seen. It's like a slithery, it's like a cancer or something. It's like this disease that just is living inside of you. And then at some point, you know, with me it was the ayahuasca, um, the facade, the ego is kind of pummeled, carpet bombed. <clears throat> this sort of darkness, this, it has an energy, it has an identity. It comes up, it's expelled. It's like a Loch Ness monster. It comes up out of my system, my energetic system. It's pulled out, right? This is it's what the trauma is, really. It can't, it can only, it, it can only survive if it's in the dark, right? So these, your whole, this whole shadow of you can only survive in the dark, in the, or if you haven't faced it. I suppose that's it. It's only living because you're not accepting it. It's, it, it's, it's fuel comes from it, the refusal of it. And the refusal comes because it's too terrifying. And mine was, again, a blank out, literally. So now it's being seen. That means that if it's being seen, you're going to have to feel all the things you didn't want to feel. You're going to have to feel all the murderous rage. You're going to have to feel all the sad. It's really uncomfortable for me because I've never felt this stuff. It's really, 
but it's forcing me to feel the truth of what the situation was. The sadness, the grief, the rage, right? All the these most uncomfortable feelings. Its appearance, its actual appearance forces you to acknowledge the truth of how you feel. The more you feel, the more it's pulled up. And when you're little, it's not okay. It's not okay to feel those feelings. What are you going to do? You're going to die, right? There's no one there for you if you feel those feelings. Who's going to save you? No one, right? Now, with the connection to this kind of divinity, I suppose, through ayahuasca, the, some other huge power, it's okay to feel those feelings. There's a bigger context, there's a bigger family, there's a bigger anchor. There's an anchor, period. There was no anchor, but, right? There's this connection to this huge divinity that <clears throat> allows you to get through the, the most horrifically uncomfortable feelings of feeling sadness or rage or... And really the acknowledgement that it was all a fucking lie, that it was all a waste that it was all you just being in prison, you know? All that effort was just running from this thing that had captured you early on. And again, the story unfolds as you go on and on, you know, I don't know what happens next, but it's a constant unfolding as this thing is being pulled out. And there's a constantly unsettling of this ground and the un, un, and the kind of revelation through revelation, the disappearance of you. And I had this very powerful feeling the other day, which was in ceremony, which was, I don't want to feel the sadness, but I have to feel the sadness of it, because if I want to be led by my heart, I have to allow my heart to feel everything, and that's a really big one. Because one of the great damages and injuries of trauma is to the heart and to love and to feeling. And I have to fully acknowledge the sadness of life. It's really difficult for me to do that. The sadness. The horror of what can happen. The rage. And, you know, the... the way that we're trapped, the way that we can't face it, the fact that we have to hide it, you know? But again, I don't really believe in, I mean, I've seen there's no real time or space. So, it, it's not so much a waste because of time. It's like, this is how powerful these kind of parasites are, fear. And what they do is they take you, you know, away your real estate of consciousness, the clarity of life. They, they smother you and blindfold you and you can't be online, you can't, you're not really here. Perhaps 10%, you know, something. I wasn't here a lot. Because if you're living in terror and you're, you've built an identity and you're holding on to it like a life, you know, lifesaver in the middle of the ocean. If you're pretzeled up, you're not living, you're just, it's, you know, you're just being held hostage in life. I don't want to be held hostage in life, but I was. I didn't know it, but I was. And also the fear of the child is, well, if I face it, I won't have parents. Well, there were no parents in the first place. You know? There were no parents. And for me, what's shown up as the authentic parent is this divinity, you know, this love, this, call it what you will, it's, it's bigger than, than everything, right? It's the universe, it's, it's through ayahuasca. So, it's an unfolding. And it is like the, the fall of one country and the, the building and the resurrection of a new one. It's, it's really the death of you 
this just sounds so cliche, but it is, it's a death. I mean, it's a death of what you built. I mean, yeah. And as you die, the disease is pulled up or, you know, the monster or the thing that was living inside of you. And for me, it, really, it was a living thing that literally has been sitting inside of me. It was a blockage I couldn't puke out when I was in ceremony in Peru. It had a full-on relationship with me. And it was sending me out to be abused for money. And it was a coward and it was weak and it was a, you know, bottom feeder that just took, it's, you know, like the, the vulture that takes the penguin off the mother. It just, it just flew in and had his agenda to, it wasn't a person, it was an energy. It just <clears throat> took what it, it fed off my energy. It fed, it took me and fed off me to make, to fatten it, to make itself feel good because it had it so much of its own injury was sort of festering and, and so powerful. And so my battle has been to, you know, pull my, I didn't even know it was a, there was a battle, right? I was one with it. But my whole journey has been to sort of, ex, you know, extricate myself literally from this nest of demons. I don't know how else to describe it. First of all, you know, I was one with the demons, right? But then to see that, I, you know, that it, there were demons that had been taken, you know, had captured me early on, and used me as bait to, you know, fatten their own, you know, their own traumas, to heal their own traumas. You know, in in kind of standard terms, it was a man who had lost his mother early on. She died at birth. He obviously had a huge trauma. The trauma just, you know, turned into something very dark. The darkness, his emptiness made him want to become someone at all costs. He would use anyone to make that, to make himself feel, you know, like he was someone. And, you know, I was pulled into that, you know, dysfunctional, tirade, you know, into that, to fix it. You know, it was just u energy used to fix his own injury, basically. I mean, if you put it in kind of you know, straight up terms, that's really what happened. This was my mother, and it, but it was evil and grotty, and, you know, so I was used as fuel to, you know, pacify his unfinished trauma. But it was evil, I mean, you know sending our kids out to be sexually abused for money is not nice, okay? And so I sat inside his wound, you know, I was literally pulled into that wound and made one with that wound and legitimized, you know? So I had to pull myself out, basically. I had to see what the truth of what was going on. That literally he, he had inserted his whole that shit was inserted inside my energetic field, and I had to, the help, only with the help of ayahuasca. I would, there's no way I was doing it by myself, right? Um, had to face that and pull myself out, and you know, separate me from the evil, so to speak, from his you know, wound. And, um, I mean, I was so owned, I had no idea. I mean, in one ceremony it was like there were thousands of black snakes just coming out of me, just thousands of these black snakes. And suddenly, this huge, in front of me, this huge Herculean kind of Roman warrior from the Colosseum just blew up like, that was going to save me, which had to do with the ayahuasca. This was a battle. He had implanted his unfinished trauma in me and used me to basically heal his wound at the expense of my life. 
drowned me in his need to become to become someone so he would not have to deal with the pain of his own trauma of having his mother dying of childbirth or whatever that trauma was and I don't know what else who knows what else so this these traumas they they're like parasites you know if they they come in lineage they come down the lineage you know they you're absorbed into it you're you're kind of pulled in like you're shanghaied into their unfinished trauma and we do this to each other all day every day by the way this is not just like it's a one-off which is why i'm describing it on you know as a guinea pig you know that has faced it right so if you have trauma if there's a big situation there's if it's a hidden thing you have to get to the kernel of it that's why the ayahuasca is so powerful it allows you to again like the swiss watch you know she will take out all the pieces put them on the table and show you how you were made and i talk about about it very clinically but it's you know it's a it's an energetic thing it's it's energies that are you know you're holding on to feelings these are all you know we're feelings we're thinking we're physical it's all one thing it's all affecting everything so again i mean i'm talking about it in a kind of very kind of black and white way you know i'll take this piece out and that piece out of the watch and that's that but it's not like that it's you know there are living entities in your system there are feelings that are murderous and raging and there's sadness that could sink a whole fucking continent you know it's like and i think it's these are things which are already in the universe you know they're already here that's what we're made of and that's what we're here to cleanse you know if we have trauma and they're really difficult because they're parents and we protect parents and we don't want to betray parents and they smother us and we're built in their oven and you know we're we're one with them and to extricate ourselves our soul you know from them and then there's a whole battlefield of the light and the dark going on in the universe it's, it's a lot of stuff that has to be confronted and it's difficult if you've built walls to refuse the truth because then suddenly you're plunged into a much bigger narrative that's going on in the universe between the light and the dark between the pain of centuries that we carry the unfinished grievance of so many souls that we're all pretending aren't here that don't seem to exist in this reality but we kind of where do all these souls go you know all these you know people that have suffered in the holocaust people that have suffered cannibalism people that have died in the gulag and where are all these souls of suffering right they're here and you know that's what we confront when we go in, on this journey is to release you know the suffering it's a much bigger plateau it's a much it seems to me a much bigger story because i don't know this thing is being pulled out of me you know i built this thing to you know i built this person to accept you know to sort of become the host of this darkness this now the facade has dropped the darkness is being pulled out you know what happens next i don't know and who am i in all of this right who are you like when all this is happening how are you playing all these roles it's a fascinating thing and what when you face the truth of what happened like when it's pulled out okay i'm integrated i see the light in the dark do you get closer to the universe is that i don't know is it like a a bigger relationship with divinity i don't know i have no idea i'm still being you know clean you know cleansed of this thing that owned me for so so many many i don't know lifetimes centuries i have no idea and why have we been blocked you know from divinity what 
what's the story about that? Like, what is this darkness? Is it a life form? Is it an alien? I don't, I don't know. I've no idea. I have no answers. I just, I'm just going through the process. But if you, if there's trauma, if there's injury, if there's no love, if there's abandonment, neglect, whatever, if there are any pockets of blockage, if there are any pockets where you are not online, you can, you have access to the cleansing, you have access to healing, you have access to integration. You don't have to live on the precipice of a cliff all the time. You don't have to live in some irreconcilable conflict of being owned by trauma and then satis you know, then relieving trauma with more self-destruction. Because it's all self-destruction if you're not present, right? There is a way to pull this whole clockwork of who you are apart and to understand who you are and cleanse it and and not live in impossible, irreconcilable equations. And there is joy and there is freedom and happiness. And it's not a tattoo that you kind of inscribe on your forehead. It's your actual whole energetic field pulsating in the clarity of consciousness, not blocked up by 10,000 unexpressed emotions that were created in the twilight of consciousness when you just arrived, when you were cooked. It's just like those, you know, quick time movies, you know, where a thing breaks and then it's reversed and it's put back together. All right. Have a great one. Bye.